You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Well, welcome or welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff. Good to have you here, Pastor. Good to be here. Thank you. Happy to talk to you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're kind of a necessary part of this. We are continuing on in a series where we've been taking a look at different foundational beliefs that we have, things that we practice, uh, things that are part of the core beliefs of Sunnybrook, and just taking a deeper look into what they are, what we believe, to hopefully make some things uh, more clear. If you're new to Sunnybrook, or maybe you've been around for a while and you've had a question that's existed for a while, maybe you have come from maybe a different faith background and we do things a little bit differently, these hopefully will help kind of clear up some of the muddiness of all of that. So in the next couple episodes, we are going to take a look at the sacraments that we practice here at Sunnybrook. If you have a Catholic background, the word sacraments is familiar to you, but you may have noticed that at Sunnybrook, we don't have as many sacraments as you maybe had in the Catholic faith, correct? Correct. Yeah. Sacraments, just this idea of what's sacred, what what's meaningful to the church and to its ministry. And uh, yeah, if you come from a Catholic background, you usually have seven sacraments. And I always say, especially in the new members class, how, how come as Protestants, we only have two? Do we get gypped? I mean, where's the other five? <laughs> um, and you know, they have uh, sacraments such as marriage is one of their sacraments, last rite, those kinds of things. So why do we only have two? And, and the reason is pretty clear, because these are the ones Jesus participated in the New Testament. He didn't participate in last rites, didn't participate in marriage. He participated in baptism. Jesus was baptized, and obviously he instituted the Lord's Supper, so he participated in the Lord's Supper as well. So because Jesus participated those two things in the New Testament, those are the things we continue, according to Scripture, to this very day here in Sunnybrook or the Church of Jesus Christ. So we're going to start with baptism. This feels timely. We've been, we just had a huge baptism service, which are always our favorite. What a great one. Sundays. Oh, it's always incredible. It's so cool. I wish people had a chance to hear the stories that we have the opportunity to hear. Um, If you've never signed up for baptism before, there's a little form that people fill out and they kind of share their walk with Christ when they came to know Christ. It's so cool to see and to hear the different stories that people have. Yeah, one of our favorite Sundays. Again, I I know because we baptize so many, we go through Mm -hmm. it quickly, but you're right. To hear the stories, even to stand behind stage like Mm -hmm. I do and see the emotion, the tears, uh, the brief stories that they share before they're baptized is just phenomenal. Pastor Jeff always cries on Baptism Sunday. I do. I do. It never fails. Kind of a given. (laughs) So let's talk about baptism for a second, because I think it is something, obviously, that people come from different perspectives on. It's something that different churches hold different beliefs. So why don't we go through what we, kind of what we believe Scripture says about baptism, and then why it kind of looks the way it does for us. Yeah. Again, baptism for us is sort of this outward sign of an inward working. So we're giving symbol outwardly that we've already made a commitment inwardly to Christ as our Savior. So they're making sort of this public profession of their faith. So I'm standing in front of the congregation and saying, listen, I want to be singled out as a follower of Jesus Christ. I want all people to know that from this moment forward, hold me accountable to the fact that I'm a follower of Jesus. 
Um, there's several places in Scripture we could look. We could look at the baptism of Jesus in Matthew chapter 3. The portion of Scripture that we most often go to is Romans chapter 6, where it just talks about this idea the Apostle Paul speaks and says, hey, listen, we've been buried with Christ and we've been risen with Christ. That's what we're trying to symbolize in immersion baptism. Uh, the Greek word baptizo, from which we get this idea to baptize, literally means to immerse. Mm -hmm. And so in Romans chapter 6, when it talks about the fact that we're symbolizing buried with Christ, our sins, and then we're risen out of the water to newness of life. And so uh, that's kind of what we're symbolizing through water baptism is death to our sin made alive to Christ. So if someone's maybe thinking about being baptized, are there certain requirements that they have to do. And then I want you to hit on this. I think this is so big for people. Is it necessary for salvation? Like, what am I doing when I'm being baptized? Yeah. Whenever we're being baptized, we're, we're, the only requirement for that is just simply that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. And again, you know, people often ask this with regards to their kids and those kinds of things. Is there an age and that? And we say no. But at, as parents, if your child's being baptized, we want to know that at some point in time, you know, maybe you prayed with them, or maybe they told them, told you their testimony, but at some point in time, they've received Christ as their Savior. This is the only requirement we have for baptism. It's not membership. It's not that you've done this, that, or the other thing. It's just simply that you came to know Christ as your Savior, and you can testify to that. We think then baptism is the first step of obedience of somebody who's come to trust Christ as the Savior and Lord of their life. And then we often say, because your second question again was, yeah, you forgot already. <laughs> What's the requirement that isn't necessary for salvation? Oh, there you go. Is it necessary? <laughs> I knew there was one there. I'll go uh, one for one. You are not a two-question kind of guy. No, I'll do go, one at go a time. one at a time. Okay, okay. I'm getting older. Um, no, it's not you know, a requirement. Obviously, you're going to look at the thief on the cross. He was never baptized. Uh, uh, again, there's people who on their deathbed receive Christ as their Savior. Sometimes there's opportunity to baptize. Sometimes there's not. Uh, again, I would just say this from a theological perspective. Anytime we add works to it, it's no longer a work of the grace of God. So if we say, hey, baptism is required for salvation or church membership is required, we want to be very careful with those things because we believe that salvation through faith in Jesus Christ and him alone saves you. Not any works, and baptism certainly is a good thing to do. It's the first step of obedience, but it's not necessary for salvation. So what about, so I was baptized as an infant. We still practice infant baptism here at Sunnybrook, but then we also have immersion baptism. Talk to me about both. What do yeah. both mean? Is it the same thing? Is it different? If I'm baptized as an infant, do I need to be baptized? I'm sorry, I'm giving you four questions. I just said I'd give you one. Yeah. Infant baptism. Yeah, let's talk about infant baptism for a moment because we've decided as a church, and again, we've wrestled through this. Just recognize the leaders of this church wrestled almost a year long on this mm -hmm. issue. And we said... We really believe there's biblical evidence for both believer baptism and for infant baptism. They're very different things. But we said, listen, this is a non-essential of the faith, meaning in a sense, you know, it's not salvation comes through Jesus Christ. The Bible is the word of God. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things where we look at scripture and we say, I think there's evidence that infants were baptized in Scripture. I think there's evidence that believers were baptized in Scripture. And this is one of the non-essentials of the faith. So we say, listen, you study Scripture and come mm -hmm. down where you will on this. So infant baptism actually goes all the way back to the Old Testament, goes to that point in time in Genesis chapter 7 
where God said to Abraham, I'm going to be God to you and to your seed after you. And the sign then of you know, belonging to God was this sign of circumcision. We see that take more of an inwardness as we make our way throughout the Old Testament, eventually come to Acts chapter 2, uh, where Peter says, hey, this is to you and to your household, to those who are afar off, all who God calls to himself. And so we really believe at that point in time there were uh, children uh, in the household of faith as well. And again, it's just simply a parent covenanting together with the congregation before God. I'm going to do whatever I can to raise my child in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And then they're baptizing, saying, in effect, hey, listen, now they're a part of this church, and we trust that one day they're going to come to know Christ as a Savior and Lord of their lives. We don't believe in baptismal regeneration. Most Catholics hold to that, mm. that when you're baptized as an infant, your sins are washed away. We don't believe that. Mm. We believe it's covenantal in nature because mom and dad know Christ as Savior and Lord of their life. Then this child is going to be born and raised in a Christian family where the Word of God is going to be taught and the Christian way of life is going to be modeled. And so when they baptize their children, they're making a covenant with the church that they'll do that very thing, trusting they're going to come to know Christ as their Savior. We think, though, as we studied it as elders, there's more evidence for believer baptism than there is for infant baptism. Again, Acts chapter 6, elsewhere, even Jesus' baptism, this idea of believe and be baptized. So first, we trust Christ as our Savior. Mm -hmm. Then is sort of an outward expression of what's taken place inside. It's the first step of obedience that we're baptized. But we hold to both at Sunnybrook. Uh, you come down where you will on this issue. And then uh, we'll follow through on that. Mm -hmm. We have, if you are someone who's maybe been interested in baptism, maybe uh, especially in our kids and students, we have such incredible kids and student ministries, leaders that are pouring into them. We have seen so many um, of our high school students, middle school students, even uh, kids in our kids ministry be baptized. And it's such an incredible thing. It's so emotional for parents as well. Um, but there is a class that goes along with that. So there's a class that's offered for the elementary age students and a class that's offered for middle school and high school to make sure that they're understanding all that they're being a part of. So if that's something maybe you as a parent have been a little bit on the fence about it and you're not sure they fully understand it, that's an incredible class for both you and your child to attend together. It always happens the week or two weeks before the next baptism service. So that can be something that you can look into as well. If you want to read up about baptism, we have it all on our website. We actually even have a message linked from you there where you kind of walk through that a little bit more deeply than we just did. So I would encourage you, if you have questions about baptism, to check that out. If you are one of the people who was baptized this Sunday, congratulations. Laurie is going to be sending out a really cool email to you with just some next steps of how to grow in your faith as well. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you again next time. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.